Today's episode of the DC3Cast is brought to you by Comixology. Immerse yourself in over 20,000 digital comic books, graphic novels, and manga titles from over 125 publishers with Comixology. Our first-in-class exclusive guided view technology provides an unparalleled immersive and cinematic reading experience for readers. Purchase a la carte titles or start a monthly unlimited account to save 15% on select publishers. Still not sold? Try an unlimited subscription free for 30 days and see why thousands of readers trust Comixology for both classic and new releases from DC, Image, Marvel, and more. folks, welcome back to a special bonus episode of the DC3Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are my pals, Vince and Zach. And we are here to recap day two of DC Fandom and talk about just some other little bits of DC news that have been coming out as of late. So the first bit I want to talk about was the December solicitations, which just dropped on Friday, uh, you know, five or so days before you guys are hearing this. And uh, there were a couple of things in there that were of note. The two big ones, though, were that Brian Bendis' run on Action Comics and Superman is coming to an end this December. And the second is that buried in the name of creators that are doing one of these Dark Knight's Death Metal one-shots, they're doing like a story in the one-shots, rather, is uh, Mark Wade. Now, Wade was obviously a very important part of DC for a very long time. He had a falling out with Dan DiDio and has not worked for the publisher since. Now that Didier was gone, this is this is the first we've seen of Wade, and you know certain industry uh, rumor sites have been reporting that Wade is going to be you know doing more at DC, but I think it's a little bit early for us to to speculate too much on that. But do you guys think that this is the 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 final bit on Superman that Bendis wanted? Is this was his story cut short because of five G, which now isn't happening? Was it cut short for other reasons? Basically, what do you guys think about the the Bendis being done with Superman and Wade coming back? Zach, you want to go first? Sure. I'm of a I'm of a couple minds. I'm of some I'm of some minds about this. Um, because on one hand, you know, there were the rumors, um, like well founded rumors based on no not <laughs> uh sorry sorry vince just posted something in the chat um so there was the david harper interview um where it leaked that bendis was leaving superman that was like a few months ago i believe and that it, came out in june yeah that sounds right um and then pretty quick after that bendis like Asked, he, he asked the interview to be taken down and then kind of walked it back a little bit saying that it, he would be, I, I don't remember his exact words, but he implied that it would be a long time before he was leaving Superman, which half a year is not a very long time. So, Especially because some issues were delayed due to COVID stuff. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, which makes it even more 
it would have happened even more recently. So I, I do, I do kind of think maybe 5G played into it a little bit, but I also maybe still think, and I've, I've mentioned this in, in conversation with you guys that he, this isn't the end of his Superman story. Um, whether that means there's going to be like a new Superman book that launches that he writes, or I've kind of speculated that maybe he's going to get justice league and he's going to continue his Superman story in justice league. Or, I mean, he's still on Legion and he's writing Superboy, who was going to be the, you know, 5G Superman reportedly. And so his his Superman stuff will still continue in that. So it, it kind of comes down to semantics um, and like what he really meant there. I, I don't I don't necessarily think it's a sign that plans have changed significantly per se. Um, I, and I still think that like Bendis is going to continue to do some Superman centric things um just in other books vince yeah i think you're probably on to something with that zach um i think justice league is the is the most likely i'm not sure where i heard this so i can't quote anything directly but i saw somebody say or maybe it was even bendis who said that whatever comes next was so big that it was worth clearing the table for, for himself. Now, I think writers and artists say that a lot because um, it's an easy way to explain why all of a sudden all these books are ending. I, I think we hear that a lot. You know, I think mm-hmm. we've heard, we've heard Snyder say like, well, th- my book, this book is ending here because I got a, opportunity that was too good to pass up you know they say that stuff all the time um i think that's just part of part and parcel with the churn that dc and and marvel both seem to value i I think like unless a run calls its shot early and has such phenomenal sales that that they wouldn't benefit too much by truncating it um, I think they're looking to do creative churn about every two years or so, Tw- every, you know, 12 to 24 issues, roughly, or whatever, of a book. I think they see opportunity there. I think they like to do that. I think that's probably likely what's happening here. I think they offer these writers new opportunities all the time, and it's in DC's interest too for him to, for somebody else to get on that book and maybe give it a a sales jump. Right. Sure. Um, I think, you know, the, the, what would he, what would he clear the table for? That was such a big opportunity. Justice league is the thing that comes to mind. That's kind of what most people are guessing just to be different. I'm going to guess that he's the next suicide squad writer. Whenever they relaunch that, See, now, um, Tom Taylor has kind of said that he he doesn't feel like he's done with that. So yeah, I, I would. I don't know about that, but but I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Right? No, I don't know. I mean, it might not be up to him whether he's done with that or not. You know what I mean? I I, I sure. don't know. Uh, I, I was just trying to think of another property that's maybe not on Justice League's level, but. 
but is high profile and has a movie coming out and, you know, and is also not Batman. Um, Cause I don't you, think you it's had mentioned be the, you had mentioned the suicide squad thing. And I, I, you know, I don't necessarily want that. It does make sense though, with the movie coming out. Um, but also this just came to mind, you know, there is this, um, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League video game coming out where mm. Superman plays a prominent role in that. And I don't know how much corporate synergy that they would be going for, but that might be another way for Bendis to kind of tangentially carry some Superman threads if if he were to go to that book. That's interesting. Sure. Sure. And even if like uh, even if they do the authority thing, I could totally see a scenario where they do like a suicide squad versus the authority with and that Superman. would go that would go along with Bendis's kind of two book rule. He could mm-hmm. be doing like an authority book and a suicide squad book and have them kind of interweaving with each other and be kind of be these two teams that are playing against each other. Yeah. See, and I could, yeah, I could totally see that. Brian go off. I think if Bendis was going to leave Superman, it wouldn't be for another ongoing I think this would be Bendis doing the next crisis. Oh my! Yeah, um, which he has kind of hinted that he's he is doing that. Um, and I think that maybe that's a very Superman focused story, and so you're going to see his Superman run continue in, you know, whatever the story is. I I, I think that just DC is so fractured right now that even though Death Metal is technically a crisis. No one outside of Snyder, I think, has really referred to it that way. And I feel like even though there's a million tie-ins for that at the moment, I still feel like they're treating it like a summer blockbuster, which is not necessarily how DC treats its crises. Um, so, I yeah, I, I, I think that if Bendis is done with Superman... With Superman ongoings, it's because he's going to be launching like a crisis level Superman event. That's wild. Um, yeah. Now, what, what about Mark Wade returning? Because you know, the the three of us were texting earlier today and sort of going off on dream scenarios with with Wade in a position of leadership at DC, and I think that for all of us, Wade represents like one of the more pure fandoms of a writer like Wade is just such a huge Superman fan, such a huge Flash fan. You know, it we're, we're reading 52 right now for for the show and in one of the p- bits of back matter Wade was saying how basically he sometimes thinks he's too easy on the characters he writes because he's loved DC characters like as long as he's been alive essentially. So I think that that Wade endears himself to us just like cuz he's he's one of us in a way. But also, you know, Wade has been a part of some phenomenal comics over the years, and he seems like a guy who is just, if it was up to him, he would be at DC, and that's probably all he would want to do. He doesn't he doesn't have, at least at this point in his career, he hasn't done a, a creator on title in quite some time, and you get the impression that, like, he's just happy to play in DC's sandbox if they'll let him. But he wasn't going to be a chump. He was going to do it like he, he did not get along with the D.O., famously and you know now he is potentially coming back do you guys think if wade comes back he's coming back to do a big 
a big thing like, you know, like Superman, which he always wanted, or like Green Lantern has been rumored, or, you know, he was a major Flash writer? Or do you think this is like when James Robinson came back, a similarly sort of DC uh, fanboy guy who came back and did almost nothing of note when he returned? Vince, you go first this time. Uh, I mean, thing, things are lining up for a Superman run from him, I think. This, I think This could be the, the circumstance that le- caused Bendis to leave early. Yeah. That's and true. I think, like, I think, like, th- there's there's so few moves right now in comics, I think. Uh, it, it depends on how you feel about the rumors about how much money DC is looking to spend because like the big thing, the big thing is, that people are talking about online right now in the awful discourse is, is did DC get a return on their investment in Bendis? And I don't know that they didn't like, I, I think it's fine, but do they want to do that same thing again with Mark Wade? Does Mark Wade have the same sort of cachet that Bendis did at this point? I don't even know if DC is concerned or cares about that. But I, I do think there are few moves in comics for people who follow creators and who are in the know that would be as much of a newsworthy type of item for like, people who follow creators like baseball cards or something, you well, know? You know but speaking of, of baseball cards, I was just about to ask you this. You know, you're you're a big NFL guy. Do you think that, and again, we don't know anything. We're, this is pure speculation, but do you think that Wade would give DC a hometown discount on his services because he's so, because he, because he, because he is such a DC guy, you know what I mean? Like, so one of the things that I had been thinking about with all of this is that I don't. First of all, I don't think that that Wade does bring the same cachet as Bendis, even though I think that quote real heads probably like what Wade does more than like what Bendis does. But Bendis has had some of the biggest hits of the 21st century in comics. And Bendis had never re- even like recently too. Yes, yeah. like he's he's been good recently. Yeah, not that Bendis hasn't necessarily, but like it's been within this past decade that Wade did his Daredevil run. You know, right? But but those those were never the blockbuster books that a Bendis book was. Like no, but they were like the critical darlings that a Bendis book. Right, but wasn't. I don't. But I don't think that they would like. I'm trying to think. Okay, um, I'm trying to think of of somebody who was like all right. Mark Allison, who did uh, Giant Days. Mark Allison? That sounds wrong. About John, John, John Allison. Allison. Who's Mark? Oh, Mark. I went to high school with Mark Allison. Okay. John Allison. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, like, you know, um, but the uh, I feel like that book is the most critically acclaimed book that uh, probably the last 10 years. If they signed John Allison, they would not do Allison is Coming ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but also, like, he's not a name that's associated with cape so, comics either sure i understand that i guess my point is just that i think that bendis is the only quote star sure. of his own level like there's yeah that that dc can get i i think hickman is of that level i think if marvel got jeff johns or scott snyder 
they could use those same or Grant Morrison maybe. Um, but I think that Rucka is just one step below that. Rucka is like Brubaker or um, I guess I guess Robert Kirkman would be in that in that top echelon too, just in terms of name recognition by normies, right? Um, yeah, and I think Wade is just below that. I think Wade is like in between like Rucka. Brubaker and like the other guys, he's kind of in like this middle tier. Mm-hmm. Even though there's that is not like Brubaker and Rucker are not lower tier, but you know what I mean. No, like, in terms in, of name in recognition, scale that we'll, yeah, yeah, in the scale that we're building, I think, because I mean, like Wade, and I don't know, this is all warped, but Wade did like some really big stories. I mean, like he did, you know, he did Kingdom Come, which is, I feel yes. like, a pretty evergreen. Like it's not quite up there with like Watchmen or like Dark Knight Returns, but in terms of like DC stories that regular people may have heard about or seen in a bookstore at some point, like Kingdom Come is up there. I mean, he also did mm-hmm. Fifty Two, which you know we are again reading right now. But I feel like yeah. that's a story that I know a lot of people who were not regular comic readers who were intrigued by the idea of a weekly comic. And who checked mm-hmm. out Fifty Two because it was just this sort of novelty, you know. And so I think yeah. that I, I think that Wade certainly by by whatever criteria we are measuring success in the comics industry, Wade has done that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, so and this is a personal anecdote that means almost nothing. But I had corresponded with Mark Wade once about something from Multiversity, and um, so I had his email address in my in my rolodex whatever and we were doing something on the flash appreciation day which is that episode of justice league unlimited um you guys know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. yeah and i had just emailed wade out of the blue i was like listen i know your relationship with dc is not great we're doing this thing on flash appreciation day you're one of the you know you're 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 one of the people we think of when we think of the flash we'd love to have you be a part of this and he said like basically tell me when and where i love talking about the flash I can't imagine another creator of his level who would go and talk about a company that he is actively angry with about a character other than Wade. Like he just that that's the depths of his love for DC. Have have you met the DC three cast? <laughs> well, I I know, I, I know. Okay. Yeah. Um but, but you, you understand what I'm saying though. You know? Yeah, so yeah, I do. I, I just think that his this is again to go with the sports thing. Sometimes there are players who have more value for your own team than they would for anybody else, and I feel like he is far more valuable to DC than he is to anybody else because Man. because of the passion he brings to DC. Please, please put Mark Wade on a Superman book. Please, even more, put Mark Wade on Green Lantern. Optimally, put him on both and let <laughs> him do like big, cool, cosmic stuff and. Absolutely, that's what I wanted. Yeah. 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 Yes. There, there are a couple of very other small things from this list I want to get through quickly. Uh, Batman Beyond is ending with number fifty. Pour one out for uh, Dan Jurgens' Batman Beyond run, which has now run over a hundred (laughs) issues, based on the new fifty-two. And uh, man, and now, so he has one. Has it really? Yes, I didn't. He do the entirety of the new fifty-two. Batman yeah, but it, I don't think it, it didn't run 50 issues, though, I don't think. But I want to say he also did it before the New 52. 
I want to say he was doing that book before the New 52 started. I don't think so. I think that was like Adam Beecham and uh, some other random people. Because that was when it, that like Kyle Higgins did it a little bit. That was when it was digital first. Um, let me, I, I'm pretty sure he's, let, let me look this up while, while you're, while you're talking about this. Um, but so that's ending. And then I want you guys to talk about endless winter for a minute. Oh my gosh. The, the JLA of 2020. Who yeah. I mean, Who called Brian that? called it Thank you. and and you're not wrong. It's the structure is remarkably similar. Um, I guess I hope it's better than that. Um, but it's it's I don't know. I mean, it seems kind of small time ish. It seems it seems like filler, right? Yes. Am I wrong there? No, it does. Well, let's filler. talk about the creative team. Yeah. So it's Ron Mars and Andy Lanning writing. Yes. Yeah. And absolutely bizarre. Yeah. And no. then who's who's on who's on art? On these. Uh, it's it's a I don't I don't actually know I don't have the solicits pulled up. Um, well, it, it, there it's it's one of those things where it runs through a bunch of books. So I don't know if there's like a, yeah a main artist on it. Right. Well, I don't mean a main artist. I mean like who are some of the names? Oh, okay. Hang on one second. I got it right here. I, I will abandon it's... this, Zach. I think you're right. I, I think what I was thinking of is that he's written it for now. Like, I think it's five full years. He's if you want to count, if you want to count. Um, Future's end, then oh, it would then, be. Yes. <laughs> and you know I do. Yeah. You know I yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to because that series spun directly out of the yes. end of. <laughs> Future's end didn't actually end; it just continued into Batman Beyond. Yes. Uh, so here, here are the artists that are working on this: uh, Howard Porter, Clayton Henry, Phil Hester, and Andre Parks, Miguel Mendonca. There's a name I haven't heard in a while. Uh, Zermonico, Jesus Marino. Uh, Amon K. Nahualpan, uh, Brandon Peterson, Howard Porter, and Carmine Digia Domenico, and that's it. Did you? That's, that's, a, that's actually pretty Marco good. Marco Santucci's doing a backup story across all of yeah, them. Yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yes, Marco Santucci's doing the backup. So that's a pretty good list of artists that DC has featured as kind of the. I, I don't mean this in the pejorative, but like the the B team, like they're not their most A. Again, I don't mean it negatively. Like Howard Howard Porter's been on a lot of Flash stuff in the Rebirth era, but what I mean is like the the next tier down from like Jorge Jimenez. Yes, they, they are not company. the superstars; they're the workhorses. Yeah, but like lots of very solid solid yes, players absolutely. in there yeah, yeah that's certainly um, a better artistic lineup than i would have thought um based on and this is no offense to andy lanning or ron mars both of whom i i like quite a bit but neither of them are particularly busy at dc right now this feels like they went to those guys and said listen we need an event to kill some time here between sort of status quos so can you guys write us up like a 10 issue crossover thing yeah, because uh, they're writing all of it. It's not like they're writing just the, um, you know, just the, uh, the the capstones and then plotting the rest. No, they're scripting the entire series. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of writing for two guys to do, um, and it seems to me like they needed to have two guys who weren't going to be busy doing other stuff. 
Yeah, and it's it's really interesting how it's it's two bookends, um, two issues of Justice League and Endless Winter, and then a mix of one shots and actual issues of comics. So like the actual Flash, Aquaman, Justice League, and Justice League Dark ongoing series are going to cross over with it. But then there's a Superman, a uh, Teen Titans, a Black Adam, Black Adam, uh, one shots, um, which is just a very interesting structure. I, I kind of understand it. You know, Black Adam doesn't have his own series. Um, Shazam will have already ended. Superman is still being tied up with Bendis stuff. Um, and Teen Titans, I think, will be ended by that point, correct? Yes, yeah, I, I believe the books that that are getting the one-shots, aside from Superman, are characters that do not currently have an ongoing title as of December. Yeah. Um, Andy Andy Landing is the the weird name here because, as far as I know, since, since uh, he and Dan Abnett broke up as a creative team, I I don't think he's done anything. Can you guys think of anything he's... I want to say uh, he stuck around at Marvel when Abnett came to DC. I kind of think you're right. I really think he did one of those like spin-off Guardians of the Galaxy yes, series while Bendis right. was doing Guardians. Okay. I feel like I've seen his name on some like inking jobs maybe because i know he does a little of that yes he he was at one point both inking and writing yeah but i can't i can't think of the last thing he would have written um i'm, I'm, I'm gonna through here i'm gonna i'll go to the database but um, well, the, comic, the, the, the comic book the database is gone now well i'm looking at something he did <laughs> he did some stuff on guardians team up okay okay which was a, a Guardians series that ran for a short amount of time when Bendis was on Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, you were right, on right. with that. Oh, he did some stuff. He did some stuff during that uh, Revolutionary War crossover too, which I yes, believe... you're right. Yeah, was that alone or was that with Abnett or was that too late for? No, I think that was. I think it was him. I think. Rob, who who Rob did uh, Yeah, I think Rob Williams worked on that. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, okay. So th there has been some stuff. I just but still, it, it's a long time. It's pretty you know? light. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And both of those books are still like five-ish years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So um, um, it is odd, especially because it seemed like. DC got Dan Abnett in the divorce. Yeah. And Abnett has not been on anything since, I guess, since Justice League, uh, whatever that book's called. Odyssey. Odyssey, Odyssey which Thank is you. still, I think there's one more issue of that. Yeah, right? yeah. I was going to say, like, you know, he was doing Aquaman. He was doing that. He was, he, Abnett was busy at DC, and then it seems like he has significantly reduced Yeah, he was doing DC. Titans. Yeah. Uh, it seems like yeah. He, he was exclusive to, for a bit. Yes, yes. Um, if anyone out there is is a 2000 AD reader, he just wrapped up this week a new a, a series called The Out, uh, the first book of the series. That's fucking incredible. Like some of the best Abnett 
writing I've ever read. Really, really good. Um, check that out. Uh, yeah, so aside from that in the solicits, you know, um, Batman Catwoman's finally coming out. Hooray. Um, a new Batman black and white miniseries with some, with some interesting, you know, creative teams on that. But, you know, that's, that's interesting, but that's not super noteworthy. And, um, I think that might be it in terms of big solicit stuff. One, one big thing that you didn't mention. What's that? Generations fractured. Oh yes. We're getting, we're getting a one shot of generation stuff. So this ties into something from fandom. So let's use this as as a bridge. So wait, was this our dome we were promised? We were promised this dome, yes. So um, Jim Lee spoke at Fandom and basically said, you know, five G is not happening. He basically he he never confirmed it one hundred percent, but he said the plan was to, in one month, relaunch everything with younger characters and all that, and we're not going to do that. We're not chasing that big one month sales spike. What we're looking to do is to introduce new characters and do creative things across our whole line. Now, part of that sounds like just a bullshit PR. Um, you know, we're not we're not going for the cheap sale here. We want to give you guys quality comics throughout the entire year, uh, type of pitch. But on the other hand, a lot of this stuff is coming out, and I didn't think it would. You know, uh, whether it's that you know the the story in that. Detective Comics 1027, which references some generation stuff. This generation shattered one shot, which comes out on the fifth of January. Uh, whether it's the um, the Luke Fox Batman series that's starting in January as well, you know, there, there, there's a fair amount of this 5G stuff that is that is trickling out. My question for you guys is: Do you think that this is a case of well, we paid people to do this work? So let's put the work out there, but it's not going to have a major impact. Or do you think that they liked a lot of the the story stuff, but not enough to pull the trigger on the whole line? So they're just going to be doing sort of the highlights of what they have going forward. I think a lot of it's work that was already done, I would guess. And I think they, I think they saw how they could shape it into something that was a little more small scale, um, but could still. I mean, they had to, in some way, save face because some of this stuff came out in some of those anniversary issues leading up, talking about, um, you know, the the first generations of. Uh, DC characters and like how the JSA was coming together mm-hmm. in like the Green Lantern issue and the Wonder Woman anniversary issue. There was a little bit of that. So they started this lead up to something. I don't think they could completely drop it um, without having some kind of egg on their face, you know? And plus, I, I do believe that a lot of the work was probably done on early stories and issues. Yeah, so I I think I think so. Like on the like actual five G stuff, like the new characters. But then you have like the generation one shots, and you compared what we knew about those and what was kind of teased with those to this 
this generation shattered. I said fractured earlier. It's shattered. Um, and it seems completely different. It doesn't seem to be the same thing at all. In what sense? Well, like the generations one shots were supposed to be like generations one through five. That's kind of how they were billed. And they were each going to like kind of focus on one of these five different, you know, generations and, and kind of like the characters and eras is what it sounded like. Whereas like this generation shattered thing looks almost kind of just like I compared it to like convergence. It looks like convergence. Oh, it, it's, it's, it, a, it's a 100% does. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's this team of like characters from all different eras pulled together you know, you've got the purple gloves, pointy-eared Batman. You've got Green Lantern, Sinestro. You've got Commandy. You've got collared Booster Gold. Um, you know, just this the smattering of random characters thrown into some kind of wacky time is messed up. Um, well, big Zero Hour vibes too. Um, can I give and you... it says it's it's spinning out of death metal. Yeah. Well, so can I tell you my thought about this? Yeah. I think that this is essentially a framing device that DC is going to use to make that other stuff make sense. So do you think we'll still get that other stuff? I think we're going to get a lot of it. I mean, like the one shots and stuff. I mean, you think that cause it's the same creative teams, like it's the same writers who were originally tagged on those generation one shots. This also might have been the, uh, the framing device for the for those series like this might have been this team might have run through all of those generations could be that's true it's also i'm just like i'm the the structure of this is just like so interesting and i i don't mean like i don't we don't have to spend a lot of time on this but you know we're getting there's that fracture shattered i keep saying fracture there's that shattered generation story in detective 1027 that jerkins is writing that's kind of the the lead in that's referenced in the solicit but then this first one shot is a 10 page 80 uh, 10 dollar 80 page special um spinning out of death metal supposedly spinning out of death metal supposedly and so it just if this is i mean this wasn't solicited at all ever you know the only thing that we ever had solicited was generation one mm-hmm so if this was supposed to come before that, you know, we never got the solicit for that. I think it's a lot of the same material repackaged before we ever saw it okay. somehow. Okay, that would go along with what Brian was saying, with maybe this team was just going to go through everything. And, you know, if this was um, going to be five one-shots, the page count would be... A little bit less here but maybe you know maybe we're going to get some more later maybe there'll be like a, a number two or something because I mean, this it, is shattered number one yeah i also think that you could you could see a i mean it says one shot like in the solicit but that doesn't mean anything uh, oh you're right um, it does yeah but that that, that, they don't, that means nothing but sure it could be like generations repaired number exactly, one <laughs> yes yeah but yeah. so i i feel like if you look at the lineup here you can say like okay well batman was generation one Sinestro as Green Lantern would be Generation 2, like the Silver Age, right? Yeah. Commandy would be the Bronze Age, Generation 3. Booster Gold, Dr. Light, and Starfire 
would be like the crisis era and then steel would be like the zero hour era so i, I feel like there are generations built into this mm-hmm. you know, like the, the, the team is made up of people who are all very evocative of one era of comics so I, I think it makes sense that this could be sort of the framing team for what that event was going to be. Yeah. I'm fascinated by this. I think this is one of the one of the weirder and more interesting comic bits of news we've had in a long time. Because it seems like such a clear case of DC trying to, like Vince said, like save face for not blowing this but also just them being cheap and not wanting to waste free labor, <laughs> you know, and uh, and also trying to, like, you know, get to their next repackaging time. It's just a fascinating, fascinating s- story. I can't wait to see what yeah. this is all about. Did you did you guys see the story that, like, um, oh, man, there were some Generations covers. Do you, this Again, this is bleeding cool, so, you know. Grain of salt and all that, but DC Comics recycles Gary Frank 5G Generations covers for death metal. And I just think, like, if it's if it's easy enough to do that, to take these Generations covers and put them onto, like, death metal books or whatever, how easy would it be to repackage a lot of these stories that were maybe already done and serve them in a different way i mean we're not we're not talking about like high art here no i mean so we should briefly mention this with solicits too is like a bunch of death metal stuff got tossed in here right there was a death metal the secret origin by snyder and jeff johns which is interesting there's the last stories of the dc universe which has mark that's the mark wade one and has mariko tamaki jeff lemire cecil castellucci chris sabella then there's um a death metal, the last 52 war of the multiverses. I wonder if those, if stories in those one shots, like one of those, this war of the multiverses is the Gary Frank one they're talking about. Cause he did the variant cover. I wonder if those stories have these little tales that can be presented now as elseworlds that would have been starts of things. Sure. Um, Cause like the, this, the last 52 one, some of the writers on this, like, I don't know. Has Matt Rosenberg ever written for DC before? Ooh, I don't know. That's good catch. Um, I don't think so, but... You know, like, uh, I mean, someone like, you know, this one has Mags Visaggio, James Tynan, Justin Jordan. All those people have history there. But Regine Sawyer and Che Grayson, I don't recognize those names necessarily from past DC stuff. You know, going to that um, last of the multiverses, that Snyder, Tynion, Williamson, Wade, Gail Simone, Rico Tamaki, Jeff Lemire, Castellucci, Christopher Sabella. Like, those are not... Some of those names are very much the the people you see DC pull out for these things. Other, But some of them are not at all. You know, mm-hmm. so I just... It's fascinating. I, like I said, I can't... I want to read like a tell-all article about this event in five years. Yeah. Dan, you're welcome on the show anytime. Uh, so let's let's quickly, Thanks, Brian. <laughs> let's quickly get some more dome here. Um, Doom Patrol season three will be on HBO Max exclusively. 
That's not a surprise to anybody. Wonder Woman 84 was pushed to Christmas. Season 4 of Young Justice is called Phantoms, uh, probably after that Ben Affleck movie from the 90s. Um, he was the bomb in Phantoms. He was yo. the bomb in Phantoms. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is adding somebody who's not Jessica Cruz, whose name is Spooner Cruz. Like the character's name. Uh, did, Paul, Paul, do you enjoy Spooner Cruz? Legends. Um, I couldn't think of anything. Uh, and then this one, I, it's just a goof I want to talk about for a second here, but they announced that on Pennyworth Season 2, yes, Pennyworth is coming back. Uh, Check Mar- it out. Only on Epics. Only on Epics. Martha will be pregnant with a baby, presumably baby Bruce, but they've said, they've they've asked the question of who is the father. And I'm just realizing now, how have we not gotten a did Alfred cuck Thomas Wayne story all these years? Like That seems like something that would have definitely been a story at some point, that Alfred's actually Bruce's father. Doesn't that who seem like something we would have gotten would write right that story? Tom J. Michael Straczynski? JMS is a good one. Tom King is the is the is the easy answer, but JMS is pretty good. Yeah, just JMS. Yeah, Yeah. JMS is good. Yeah, yeah. The only other fandom bits are uh, Jim Lee said that there will be news on DC Universe this week. That it's not going away. There's an exciting bit of new news. The promo image that they released with this was of a bunch of comics and. You know, obviously, some of them were things that you would expect in the, like you know early appearances of characters. But the centerpiece comic was Death Metal Number One, and that got me thinking: What if DC Universe is going to be like we talked about before, like the place to get new DC comics now? They're going to raise the price, but it's all going to be under one roof. That like every week you get your DC comics in the DC Universe app. I could I could see that. I, I could also see it being more like a Marvel Unlimited thing where like you get them, but it's like a few months behind. We already have um, that, though. Yeah, but it's like not it's not like regimented, I think, in the way that Marvel Unlimited is, is it? Where uh, you get I'm, like I'm everything, sure. but it's exactly like six months later. I don't think so, but it's but it's pretty it's pretty close to that. Like okay. the, the, the other day I saw. Hang on, I'm gonna see if it's still on the front page. When you like logged into DC Universe, it said like you know, this is you know today you can read whatever. Okay, so here uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy number one just got yeah. added, and that's probably yeah. a year ago now, right? Yeah, something like that. You know, it was a while ago. Um, so it's probably a little bit less. You know, more isn't time. for um isn't for for DC Universe isn't it nine months? I, think I thought that was the thing. It's Maybe it is. I don't months. know. Yeah. So that if they're already doing that, then yeah, Brian, you 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 might be right. Um... I wonder if they'll have it with uh, tiers, or if they'll like for instance, if you can keep paying, you know, whatever it is a month now, and you you get the old stuff, but you can also pay for a higher tier where you all where you get the new stuff as well, or if it'll yeah. be an all or nothing thing. Mm-hmm. I I think I think we're on to something and I, I've said this on the show before but I think like looking at the world of esports or even like um, like pay to play games or, or games as a service um, for video games is not a bad idea especially with the the esports hire 
that they had recently. Mm-hmm. I, it, it may be that we're overplaying that influence, but if you look to that model, I could totally see a tiered system. I could see a system where this is how you get your new comics. And I could see like, um, let's just take like the most mainstream example, which is Fortnite, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You can play Fortnite for free and you can earn new things, but it it takes a long time to earn like dances and costumes and things. Um, You can earn coins and then buy a battle pass or you can just straight up buy a battle pass and that gets you some stuff not for free you're paying for it obviously but like as part of the subscription and there's tiers you can continue to spend as much money as you want to like skip levels and things to get better items without having to actually earn them Mm -hmm. and i could see i could totally see like a three or four tiered system where it's like Hey, hey! For free, this is the website. This is the app where you're gonna get previews of every comic. You get the first three pages or whatever. You could buy individual comics if you wanted to. At another tier, you get all the old comics. At another tier, you get all the old and the new comics. I I think that's really outside the box thinking, and it would be surprising to see. DC make that leap, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, especially if they're trying to figure out a way to um, reach a a different market without the expense of, um, you know, like an international market, the way that the way that Jim Lee has said they're trying to get, you know, Um, it's obviously cheaper to do that through in a digital way you know and the comics would be very easy to edit for different languages i mean easy in a relative sense sure if that was all done digitally i mean it's almost the shonen jump model right sure oh yeah i mean hey that's probably an even better example but they're but they're not gonna go like they're not gonna give us all the comics for free like shonen jump the week's comics are free yeah i don't think if you want to go back in the archives then you pay they're not gonna do that no, um, but I could see a system like that. Zach, any strong feelings about this? Yeah, not really. Um, we'll see. I yeah, I. It's one of those things. It's just like it's really easy to speculate, but also, just there's just no. It's just so uncertain, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the last bit we want to talk about from Fandom was there was a 24-hour exclusive comic, Milestone Returns number zero. Uh, we all read the comic. Uh, it was written by uh, Reginald Hudlin, except there was a two-page sequence written by Greg Pak. It was illustrated by, deep breath here, uh, Jim Lee, Ryan Benjamin, Dennis Cowan, and Jimmy Palmiotti, Ryan Benjamin and Don Ho, Dennis Cowan and Bill Sienkiewicz, Koi Pham and Scott Hanna with color by Alex Sinclair, Hi-Fi Chris Sotomayor, and lettered by Darren Bennett. This book essentially took us through like four or five, I don't know, I forget exactly how many, four or five like stories that will be set in the new Milestone universe. And as somebody who has only read a couple of these comics ever, I thought this was very like easy to follow very engaging 
and super fun. This got me really excited for Milestone Comics to return. Zach, what did you think of this? Oh, I love this. This is fantastic. Um, and it, I was surprised by how, like, how briskly it moved and how much information it packed in, but how readable that, like you mentioned, and, and kind of like comprehensive it all it is. You know, we get kind of the origins of uh, Rocket, of Icon, of Static Shock, of uh, Duo, who, who is apparently like a new take on Zombie um, that Greg Pak did. And then this, I forget this kind of like the Batman-esque character. I forget what I don't his think name they is. named, I don't think they named him they in this thing. Okay. Okay. Um, who, who is apparently like, uh, anti-interracial dating, I guess is his thing. Yeah. Did it's you... a, I mean, they're, they're pretty explicitly a villain, right? Like, I yeah, don't know that. I think, or like, yeah, like a, yeah, like a, a rogue vigilante type. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this goes like really hard, like almost there, there was this bit that I loved and you guys probably already know what it is, but it's also like so heavy handed. I was almost like, is this too much? But there's the scene where like icon is in that hearing and he's basically just like, you know, anyone tries to show you people love and then it cuts to Jesus on the cross. And he's like, like, you just, you just shut it down. And so you just killed them. And so like, uh, you know, you got to get your act together or I'm you know going to make you do it. Um, which is just like, it's really good. Um, I don't know if you always saw on Twitter, um, August, our friend August was talking about kind of like the authoritarian bent of the original Superman mm-hmm. um, and kind of how that gets watered down in, in comics because you, you can't really have your like heroes being authoritarian. And so you get this kind of like weird libertarian kind of like just very milk toast ineffectual superheroes and and this seems to be like kind of getting back to the heart of like not that i'm like saying that authoritarianism is good don't get me wrong at all but like kind of swinging back the other direction and having like these superheroes who are almost kind of like authority-esque mm-hmm. um it, it's interesting i think vincey what do you think of these yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I I think you're right about the the like Jesus imagery. It's it's over the top, but I think um, it's over the top for sure. But I also think it's it's telling the readers that like, hey, we're we're not going to mince words here, you know? Mm, yes. It may be it may be overly obvious, but also like I, I do feel like big two comics dance around issues social issues these days a little more i I mean you you ask the wrong person and they'll tell you oh no they're chock full of them um which in in some ways is true but but i do feel like i do feel like they do things to soften the edges on stuff and i feel like this comic is telling you we're not necessarily gonna do that and it remains to be seen whether that's true or not but but i think that that's what that was trying to accomplish and I, I I respect it on that level. I, I yeah, it is over the top, but it's also you know making a statement. Um, 
it's worth noting that Static Shock or Static Static Shock. That's the cartoon. Static's um, origin got a bit of an update here because if, if I remember correctly, and it's been a while, um, Static got his powers originally in a gang war, and here it's at a Black Lives Matter protest that mm-hmm. gets busted up by law enforcement. And I love that. I love how current that is. Um, regrettably current that, you know, to see cops firing on on these kids. Um, but I, I love that update of the origin in particular um, because it is more modern and it, it, it rings incredibly true. And I feel like um, it's not prone to stereotypes or anything like that. Like, I think it felt very authentic. It felt very in the now, you know? Um, And I I loved that aspect of it. Um, So I really enjoyed this. I I think, like, the delivery... Obviously, it was great that it was free. I think the art was mostly mostly really good. Like, it's it's not like, um, you know, the most incredibly detailed stuff like like it is very much a a, a a mishmash of different styles thrown together in a zero issue type you know it's a it's a pamphlet for showing you what you can expect from individual books down the road it's you basically know? So a, like, a proof of concept like book. right yeah so is it is it cohesive not really but it's what modern comics look like a lot of comics look like this um you know, it's it's not outdated work, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's not work that is necessarily trying to harken back to a different era. Um, and yeah, it, it, it was it was breezy and it went down really smooth, which is, I think is what you want from a proof of concept like this. Um, even if the the storytelling delivery mechanism is just icon pointing at a bunch of different monitors saying these are these are different characters in our world, you know, mm-hmm. I think for something like this, that's that's totally fine and and actually preferred to maybe a complex or confusing setup. Yeah, I thought it was a really nice intro. I thought it, I thought it did it did exactly what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I which and I, and I understand the gimmick of having it available for twenty four hours, because that's a fun gimmick. But I really do hope that this gets released wider, and that more people can read it. Because I think that for a lot of folks, the issue with something like Milestone Comics is, even if they say these are all new stories, you don't need to know the old Milestone stuff to get into it. I think some people just shy away from stuff that they don't feel like they're in on the ground floor for. But I think if you read this, you'll see that you are in on the ground floor. Does that make sense? You know that like, this absolutely. Will, this, That's well, really well said. This is a yeah. a more cohesive way to convince someone to take a shot on these comics than just saying, "Trust me, you don't have to read anything." Well, show them you don't have to read anything. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I this is like a lot of information that could just be reiterated very quickly in another comic. This kind of reminded me of like. Um, some of the other types of stories that we've seen that are like this in recent years that are kind of just condensed versions of 
like this isn't the best example, but it's the one that keeps coming to mind, which is the the Bendis story that was in Action Comics 1000, sure, leading into sure. his into Man of Steel, which was not necessary. Like you didn't need to read that to read his Man of Steel, right? It just but, kind of like cued it up. I I don't disagree with that at all, and I, and I do think that that is actually not a terrible comparison here. The difference is that you didn't have to introduce an entire generation to a comic sure. universe in that. Yeah. That, yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know. I'm really excited, though. Um, I'm excited for the new stuff. I'm almost even more excited to get a hold of some of the older comics when they start releasing those. Um, now, I, I know we were all too busy getting Dome to, to <laughs> check out the DC Reader over the weekend, but it had, like, 20 issues of Icon... Had a bunch of static issues, a lot of stuff. Oh, was, did it? But just for the oh. weekend. Um, oh, interesting. And I, you know, I, I just, I just personally do not have the time to sit down and, and read those. Um, but I hope that means that. I mean, we we know that they're reprinting all this stuff digitally, and hopefully that means that that stuff will be available sooner. That they don't have to physically go through and digitize it. That that work's already done. That all they have to do is, you know get it onto whatever service they're going to be using because mm-hmm. um, it should be already mm-hmm. digitized i wonder if some of that stuff will start popping up in whatever this dc universe announcement is going to be yeah one more thing i just noticed on dc universe it's there was a, a pop not a pop-up like an ad on the side that said last day to earn rewards september 18th hmm. there's that whole convoluted reward system that they're doing yeah um one time they had a statue that I was like, "Oh, my daughter would love that statue," and I was like, "I was like five points away from it." So I, I went and I read a digital comic, and the next day I went back, and it was sold out. And now all you can get are exclusive wallpapers, <laughs> and I have no interest in any sort of DC wallpaper from my computer because <laughs> no, it's gosh, not nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but just you know, if the rewards are ending, that means that something about the system is ending you know yeah so what is 18th is next that's this friday yeah ah interesting so we'll see how all this shakes out uh any other news or fandom stuff before we get out of here uh they did cast uh zatanna in the justice league dark hbo show oh they did uh which is apparently a thing that's happening Oh, I didn't see that. Who did they cast? Uh, it is... Um... <laughs> well, I don't know. I Googled it, and it's not in any of the top results, so that can't be a good look. <laughs> um are we sure they casted Zatanna? Yeah. I saw a thing on Twitter. Are we sure Maybe this not. isn't Maybe 24 ounces of beer speaking? Okay, yeah, it must be fun. Weird. It must be fake. So no, wasted. I was cruising. I was cruising the fandom hashtag on Saturday, and I saw that they had cast Zatanna, but I guess that they didn't. Maybe it was Madame Xanadu. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Take that back. Scratch it from the record. So I was getting email updates from like the DCPR, and that was not one of the things I got. So, okay, that was fake then. Never mind. 
See, folks, this is why it's important to know your media literacy level so that it you don't get fooled by, by these things. Well, the, the problem is everything in that DC uh, – two problems. One, it's it literally impossible to follow DC fandom. The format is novel, but it's it's much easier just to wait and have, like, a Newsarama or Multiversity Comics just spoon-feed it to you. Um, two – We had to name drop Newsarama first. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, games it radar. It basically has site. It's named over the site you've been with for half a decade now. Thanks, Zach. I didn't want to. I okay, okay. Um, two <laughs> searching the the God. DC fandom hashtag on Twitter is just a garbage fire. Of course and, it is. Like, <laughs> it's impossible to tell what's real and what's not. Are you baked also, or what? what's no. going on here? Oh, okay. Now I want to find what did I see? You want to find like, some uh, I, sw <laughs> I swear I clicked on a link that like looked legitimate. I don't know. I'm, they I'm, ask you for I'm it. Was like, it the wallet inspector asking? You for yeah, it? they did. Yeah, they did. I was gonna say, was uh, it a Nigerian prince who had a lot of money for you? If you could name who they cast as Satana. On. Oh, now I'm like. Was it simply the teaser for Animaniacs' this is, new... Uh... This is a total yesterday situation where I woke up and I'm the only one who remembered Zatanna exists. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. <sighs> Crap, this link goes to YouTube. This is totally fake. <laughs> oh, God. It's just, it's just some Gamergate... Uh, Comicsgate YouTuber hollering for three hours. It is 100%. Yeah, so, okay. my uh, I'm such an idiot. Okay, so I just saw this in a tweet and thought it was real. Um, the, the rumor was um, Sophia Butella. Oh. Uh, of of, uh, of Universal's Dark Universe no. fame, right? Really? Was she supposed to be in that? Maybe. I believe so. I will become uh, the Dark Universe. I could be wrong about that. No, yeah, she was in The Mummy in 2017 with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I oh god, I love I love when somebody retweets that. Um, <laughs> the dark the dark universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dark, yeah. Dark universe is coming, and it's like 2017, and The Mummy was literally the only movie that we saw from that. Every which, like six months or so, somebody will say like, "Dark Universe isn't dead; it's still coming. It's never coming." <laughs> which, which wouldn't the irony be fantastic if this person actually was cast as Atana? Because at one time, you remember DC was going to have a Dark Universe book yes. that replaced Justice League Dark and Rebirth. Yes, yes wow. that's right. Like very much like um, the five G stuff, they're just going to repurpose the Universal Dark Universe <laughs> for Justice League Dark. Um, uh, Javier so, Bardem is uh, who Swamp Thing. Russell <laughs> Russell Crowe is uh, Felix Faust. Uh, Johnny Depp is of course John Constantine. Yeah, uh, Tom Cruise would be Eagle Bibbo. <laughs> Detective Chimp. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He He's would both. he would mocap it. He would yeah. definitely mocap it. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, we've left you with that blessed image. So yeah, enjoy your uh, enjoy your dreams of dark universes. We'll be back tomorrow with our Seven Soldiers episode. Uh, you can find two thirds of us on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs a Nap. 
and I am at Wilker Fox. If you get, if you need to find Vince, you can find him trolling the DC fandom hashtag on Farmers Only, which leads to just the most fucked up, vile stuff you've ever seen in your life. So, uh, yeah. thanks, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. Take care. No!